0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 19-105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to a Wednesday edition of our Source of Truth podcast and our live stream devotional. And we're so glad you're with us this morning. And thank you for giving us a chance to be part of your day. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 100 this morning. As we look at a very, very popular psalm, if you were to talk about a list of psalms that most people know, most people are very familiar with, Psalm 23, The Shepherd in the Valley of the Shadow of Death, Psalm 1, we um, you, be familiar with those type of chapters, but you get one of them. And they may not even know it's Psalm 100, but they're familiar with the content of this section of the Scripture, excuse me, and it talks about making a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands, probably, Most of you have heard this, have heard this passage being used as a way to kind of make fun of somebody who's not a great singer, things of that nature. And so what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate it. Now, interestingly enough, this is entitled The Psalm of Praise, and it walks through praise. But in here, in this section of scripture, in these, in actually the first four verses, before we get to verse five, there are seven imperatives, as many commentators, theologians would use the word. The word imperative, uh, it just means a command. Uh, it's a command that i am to do this and these commands come from god so in a second we're going to break down or look at seven different things that god has commanded us to do in the area of worship now let me tell you a couple of things we'll see in all of these it has to, all of them are entailed around the idea of joyfulness happiness encouragement hope now what we want us to understand is these are a reason we we, we, don't, we don't come to these things because if I force myself to put on a face or things like that, then things will be better. It's not like it's a prescription for depression, although, trust me, worshiping God is a major part of getting us out of, of mental struggles. Getting to worship God and pointing our attention to Him is a major strength and a major healing point. I hope you understand that. But he's not saying that per se in the scripture. He's not saying, hey, do these things and put on this fake face and you'll be fine. He's talking about This amazing ability uh, we come to in worship and there's an excitement, there's an encouragement, there's a hope. And so what I want to do before we look at the seven imperatives is I want us to come to the foundation, actually looking at the last verse. As we look in and say, why is it? What is the source? of this strength? What is the source of this joy? What's the source of the happiness? What is it that I can learn? What is it that's in this scripture that gives me the ability to, in these seven imperatives, come to God full of hope, full of happiness, full of encouragement, when things aren't always going the way I want them to? And that's gonna be found in verse number five, because he finishes for the Lord. So there's seven imperatives in these first four verses. And then in verse five, he says four, because this, this is the reason to do what we've asked you to do in the first four verses. And he says this, for the Lord is good. There's several things described in this verse. The first one is the goodness of God. And we come back, you know, people use the phrase, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And yes, that is a very true phrase. But the simple point is God is good. And when we look at that, he is, it is not a matter of God is good because he does good things. Because if we look at say God is good because he does good things, then we can say, well, I'm not sure I like what he's doing now. And So what we do is we've qualified the goodness of God. That's not what we should do. God is good because he's God. He is God and he, is, he, he embodies good. He, he is the embodiment of good. And so when he does something, it makes it good. It's not like that guy's a good person because they do good things. What he does is good because he's God. And so it kind of changes my entire view that what he's doing in my life, what he's teaching in my life, what he's allowing in my life, somehow it is for my good and his glory because God himself is good. He embodies good. So the Lord is good, number one, to his mercy, is Everlasting. I'm telling you, uh, I've been reading a book uh, for a, a book basically to pastors um, in the area of the ministry, but there's a section on it that talks about, it, and there's a list of things that can become pitfalls in ministry. And one of them was losing your awe. One of the things pastors do, I do it, you know, I study for this and I study for other messages I do, was we're in the Word of God literally every day. Uh, we're in the word of God studying. And what happens if we're not careful is we can turn this precious book into a textbook. And it's easy to lose the awe of what it is. And mercy's one of those. We, we forget the true essence of the mercy of God. All of us can do that. We kind of get comfortable with it. We've embraced and accepted the mercy of God for so long. We don't think much about it today. Can I encourage you, it's so easy for us to lose what it means, the mercy of God. Because, see, here's the thing. For me to recognize the mercy of God, I must recognize my state. Now, please, I don't I hope I understand. I don't think we need to live every day in, in this horrible misery of guilt because we're not perfect. That's not what I mean by that. What I mean by that is, I don't have to live every day in this weight of guilt in this feeling of failure. I don't have to live like that at all because of his mercy. Because of his mercy, I have been given freedom. I've been given direction. I've been given forgiveness. I've been given grace. I have been offered and given all of these things because of the mercy of God. I'm wrong. I deserve justice, and God has every right to give it to me. But God is mercy. God is merciful. So he's good and he's merciful. And that mercy is what we hold on to. God is great, good. He's mercy. And his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. No matter what people say, no matter the craziness of the world, his truth never changes. And, and by the way, that is the again, embodiment of truth. There's all kinds of opinions of truth. He is the core of truth. The Bible is the, is the core of truth. We look at truth today. People say there's no such thing as absolute truth. It's his truth and my truth. That's, excuse me, that is not true. There is just truth. And that is the word of God. He is truth, and that is who we go to. So we we see these great attributes of God in first number five that are the core of much of what we hold on to in our faith. We hold we can we can follow him and love him and trust him because he's good, because he's merciful, because his truth never changes. So then he says, because of these things, there are seven things that God says we should do in the area of worship. So let's go back to verse one. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That's the first thing we do. We we praise him and it's joyful and it is a noise. We're not sitting back quietly. We're not like, I don't know, him, ha. You know, we, we don't have to be all the greatest singers in the world, but there should be an unashamed willingness to proclaim out the greatness of God in our life, in our worship services and what God's doing. We should be unashamed about just lifting up and opening our mouths and singing forth the praise of God. So, remember, these are imperatives or commands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye, unto everyone, everywhere, to serve the Lord with gladness. I don't come and serve because I'm acquired or because a uh, pastor asked me to, I'm forced, have to do it. I serve, I give, I come, I serve in ministry. I, I minister to other people in my life in the name of Jesus. I do all of those things in gladness because he's good and because of his goodness, because of his mercy, because of his truth, that as I do, as I give, and as I serve, I want, I cannot give God. God is good, God's gonna take care of me. And I do it be, in the name of Jesus. I can minister to other people who enjoy their goodness. You know, as a pastor, one of the things our, my job is is to teach the word of God and when it comes up to things like giving or doing and some pastors can say well I don't know if I really want to make this a big deal God has asked us to do these things to give of our finances to give of our time and it's what God has asked us to do and I can say well I don't know if I really want to push it or I can say this is God's command and here's why I can say that because God is good and he will take care of all those God has promised to bless those who give So I'm encouraging them to take a step of faith to embrace and recognize the wonderful grace and mercy of God. So we serve the Lord with gladness. And that third one, come before his presence with singing. One, come before his presence. Be in the presence of God, personally, in your time alone, corporately at church. These Come, but don't, don't find a million reasons not to be here. Don't find a million reasons not to be connected. We don't need, we just need one, and that is God wants me in his presence. And so I Come. And I come before his presence with singing because he's good, not because, oh, I like that song or because I'm good at singing or, or this. I come before his presence with singing because he's good. That's the third and the fourth. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is God. He's made us. And we can honestly just st- stop it there. But he gives other descriptions. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. The idea of sheep is the fact that He's a shepherd and He protects us, and that is an important aspect. He's a sh- He's a shepherd and He protects us and He loves us and He provides for us. That's what a shepherd does. And we look at this and we say. We are his people. We are his sheep. We, it's not a matter of I am just a Christian and I, and I follow this God who doesn't know me. I am his and he loves me and he provides for me. And so I must know, I must recognize. So I worship him and I sing and sing his praise and I come before his presence. And I know, I know he, who he is and how great he is. So I know who he is and how much he loves me, how much he loves you. That's a great excitement when I come and worship, and joy, And I sing praise to God. My life's not always great. Things aren't always going great. But I can come before his presence to singing and brag on him and thank him and all of that because he's good. But because he he is God and he knows me and he loves me and he will take care of me. Then he goes to verse number four. Enter in the next one. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Okay, now notice the second time with thanksgiving. um, He makes an emphasis on thanksgiving. Enter in the gates of thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, again the second time, and bless his name. So there's several imperatives. Number one, enter in his gates with thanksgiving. Two, enter into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, bless his name. He just kind of rattles off a list of imperatives there. We come before in his in his presence with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. We are thankful unto him again. And he emphasizes that because that is something we need in our life. Then we're to bless his name. These are all aspects of worship and we come and these are things in our heart we're thankful. We enter, we're, we're blessing him, we're praising him. By the way, it is true if I come and I'm just able to lift up my voice to God and I think about the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God, and his working in my life, it will literally begin to change my thinking. You know, he tells us in Philippians, be careful or anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding should keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus but we do that by being able to lift God up into a place where I can trust him over the circumstances it's not always easy to do but it is so necessary and this is where our source of strength is found and this is where we need where we find hope and we grow in him why because he is good His mercy endureth, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. He's given us several things that we are to do, and it's simply in worship. Let me tell you, when I set aside worship and all I do is I focus, on the battles, I focus on the negative, I focus on the things that are in front of me. I can become consumed with the things of this world, consumed with the battles of this world, and then yes, ultimately consumed with anxiety and depression, things like that. One of the ways, one of the ways to thwart these things and help them from growing in our lives is to make a joyful noise, come before his presence of singing and all the things referred today. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to make that part of your day, make that part of your week, uh, find music and sing it, and learn it, sing along with it, and allow His truth and His wonderful, great greatness to fill your mind and be that source of strength even today. Thanks again for joining us this Wednesday. We would invite you tonight, eight—excuse uh, me, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock here on property. Uh, the adult Bible study—we're studying the attributes of God in the auditorium. So that'll be in the auditorium at seven o'clock. Youth group meets in the gym. Kids club starts down in their wing. Uh, and so uh, down in the, in the elementary wing. And so we invite you to start at seven o'clock. Even if you've never attended our church, we'd love to have you tonight. The Wednesday night discussion. Uh, Bible study is very discussional, but you can come and just listen, very casual. We'd love to have you tonight, seven o'clock. If you can't make it here on property for some reason, uh, the adult Bible study will be streamed on our website, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. So we hope to see you tonight on either one of these uh, in, in person or online. And we thank you for joining us. Hope you have a great rest of your day.